Look around you. There's so much work to do. This world is in no condition for us to simply sit back and watch. There is a tangible, desperate need for Jesus. A glimpse of hope in the midst of hopelessness. Jesus experienced this. He saw it firsthand. The need broke his heart and filled him with compassion. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This alone should stir our hearts. It's a calling, a calling to make a difference, to share the truth of the gospel, to be a light in the darkness, to be the church. It's time for us to look beyond ourselves, to turn our focus to the field, to answer the call and passionately share the love of Jesus. This is our mandate. This is our mission. Are you ready to do the work? All right, so did you guys know that retirement did not come into existence until about the 1850s, and it wasn't until about the 1930s that it became kind of a thing. And it was all an attempt to, they wanted to get younger workers um, in the work field so that they have a little bit more longevity. And so they were like, okay, how can we pay, how can we get these old people out? You know, so they were like, oh yeah, we'll give you a retirement package, okay? So that's how it kind of all came about. But I don't think it's a really great thing. Like we haven't had enough time to really see, but according to some studies, retired people have a greater chance by 40% to have clinical depression, and then by 60% to have at least one ailment. Okay, so studies really haven't shown that retirement's been a good thing for us. Um, and th look, this is not an infomercial, and I'm not here to bash retirement today. Um, but I, I bring this up just to say that, first of all, um, that retirement is, has not really shown itself to be a, it's not really a new thing. Um, it hasn't been around for a very long time, and it also doesn't really show itself to be a good thing, okay? And I want us to know something. I want to point out that uh, work was in existence before the fall of man. Let that set in just for a minute, okay? So before sin entered the world, before the fall of man, God had ordained work, and work was good. It was important, and God had Adam. He had Adam have some jobs. When Eve showed up, they had at least a few jobs for, uh, for, for humans, right, to multiply the earth, to subdue it, to uh, subdue everything that he had created, to be in charge of. Um, and so look, Genesis 1:28, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and, uh, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we had responsibility. It was God-ordained from the beginning. Uh, work is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I get that some of our jobs, some of you guys are thinking, 
wiggling in your seats right now, you're like, you don't understand the job I have. You don't understand the boss I have. Okay, so look, I get it that our jobs, um, there's some jobs out there that are not fun, that are not good. Um, but look, God ordained work. Work in and of itself is good. And the other flip side of that is God did not create retirement. Um, he didn't create us to one day stop working while we're on this earth. I, I'm totally cool. Like, if you want to retire from a job that some man is paying you uh, to do and they say, look, by this certain age, we're going to pay you to stop working, go for it. I don't care. What I'm talking about today is the kingdom work, our, the best job ever, the first and most important job ever, the job that God has for us. He definitely did not create us to just one day quit uh, while we're still alive on earth. And so that's what we're talking about today. And look, I know that I am not the only person in this room that is in this boat. Um, tell me if I'm not wrong here. As kids, uh, we worked really hard to get out of work sometimes. We worked a little bit overtime sometimes to get out of work. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, uh, Mom, I didn't hear you say that you wanted me to clean my room. I didn't hear you say that. Um, Mom, I forgot that you said you wanted the dishes done. <laughs> you can't blame me. I forgot, right? Like you, or you're blaming your siblings, right? Oh, it's their, it was their week, Mom. It was their week. It was their turn, right? So you're working overtime to get out of work. Um, and we all do that sometimes to get out of the mowing the grass, washing the dishes, whatever it is. And look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get out of that kind of work. I definitely, there are definitely some things that I wouldn't mind retiring from someday. It's not like I really enjoy doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember as, as a kid, uh, there was jobs that my older siblings would pay me $5 to get out of. Um, and uh, I can think of, a, a, of one job off the top of my head that was a really good deal for them because I'm one of eight kids and so 10 people in the house, when there was nights where there was pots and pans, dishes to scrub, they were like, Ben, I'll pay you $5. And to me, some of you guys are thinking that's nothing. Back when I was a kid, like $5 was $5. I, I'm sitting there three hours scrubbing dishes thinking to myself, my older siblings are idiots. I just made $5 off of them. Uh, I would never do that today. They, they got away with a really good deal. Um, and look, there's probably plenty of things that you would pay somebody to do right now. Um, but it still has to be done. It still has to be done by somebody. And there's plenty of jobs that you can just pay somebody else to worry about. But God's kingdom doesn't work that way. You can't just pay somebody else to worry about the job that God has hired you for. And if you're a Christian, God has hired you until the day that you die, okay? So um, sometimes we can let the idea of retirement mistakenly creep into areas that it does not belong, the areas that God has hired us for. He designed us um, to, to, to go and keep going until, until we get to heaven. In the beginning, we are created and hired to multiply and subdue, have dominion over what God has created, and that is still a job that he has for us no matter how old we get. And that's the big idea today that I hope if you just remember one thing, God hired and empowered us for the best job ever. I hope that today you actually see that it's the best job ever. Um, not that it's just a 
better, but it's the best. Like, like, okay, this is my real job. Like, I have to go to my real job every day, but sometimes I get, sometimes I get a little bit of extra time to do stuff, you know, help out with the community and help out with church stuff. You know, like, I, I hope that today you actually see that it is the best job ever, and that the, the Bible says, like, do everything as if you were doing it for God. Do everything as if you were doing it for him because it's him that you're serving, not man. Okay, so even if you go to your real job during the week, you have a better job, a best job that God has hired you for that you could get excited about to do while you're at your real job. Okay, so um, I hope that you see that today. I also hope that if, if there's some people in here in the room today that are thinking to yourself, man, I just, I'm not equipped I haven't had on-the-job training. I, you know, I just don't know if I'm the best person to be representing the kingdom of God everywhere I go. I hope that today you see that if you are a Christian, that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are empowered and equipped to do the job that God has hired you for. You are. Um, okay, so we don't get to retire from it. We don't get to retreat from it. We don't get to quit. It's not something that you can just pay somebody else to worry about. That's not how the kingdom of God works. Here, according to Jesus himself, here is at least one for sure job that God has said we do until we die. All right, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's key right there, to the end of the age. Okay, so not till you're 65 and good job, now pass the baton to somebody else. No, I'm with you until the end of the age. Keep doing it. Keep fighting the good fight. Just like Paul said, look, I run my course. I fought the good fight all the way up until the time he died. Um, so, he could have said anything. Jesus said, look, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. He could have said, now look, I'm the, I'm the guy. Hiring and firing power, that's with me. And I've got all authority, now I'm going to tell you something really important. And he could have said anything. The very next thing that he said could have been anything, and that's what we would have said, oh, this is the most important thing. This is my job. This is my number one job. Doesn't matter what he said, that was going to be it. That was going to be the most important thing, our number one job. And he said, our number one job is making disciples. Making disciples. Preaching the gospel. Teaching people to obey God with the way that we live, but also teaching our kids, teaching, teaching our neighbors, teaching everybody by our example, teaching them by knowing what, the, what God's commands are, how to obey him, um, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So bringing people, like when God calls them, you know, we plant seeds, other people water seeds, and God makes it grow, and they become a Christian, we baptize them. That's our, that's our number one job, is making disciples. And why is it the best job ever? Number one, Jesus hired us. Look what it says. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, okay? So he's the one who gives us the job. He's the one who gave us the great commission. He hired us, okay? It's really exciting. It's really exciting 
when the person who has the hiring and firing power, the person who's doing your interview, says, I want you for this job. Isn't that pretty exciting? If you've ever interviewed for a job, it, it is pretty exciting where they're like, they're looking at over your resume and they're like, you know what? We want you for this job. We think you could do a really good job. Dude, the guy that's in charge of everything, heaven and earth, all authority, has said to you and he has said to me, I want you for this job. And now some of you guys are sitting in your seats and you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> I think he might have made a mistake. I am not going to be a good, that's not a good, that no, like maybe find somebody else. Maybe you're thinking that's, that's for the pastors and the, the ministers, that's for the people that work in the church, that's for them, that's not for me. Oh, how wrong you would be. That's not how the kingdom of God works, that's not how he designed it. He never intended for one small group of people to minister to people sitting in the seats at a church. He designed the entire church to be ministers to the entire world. To the entire world. Every person, every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth, every soul matters to him. And he designed it for each of us to play a small part. Small part, but it's so significant. If one of us slacks on our job, <laughs> it's not like somebody else can just pick up that slack. Like, we all have to be doing our part. So, um, he wants you for this job. He has all authority. And he says, look, he's way smarter than us. So he already knows our weaknesses. He knows what we bring to the table. He's been hiring and fire, not really firing, but he's been, <laughs> he makes the final call. He, so I guess he does hire and fire people. But look, he's been doing this for centuries. He's been doing this forever. So leave it to him. He's the smarter one here. Okay. And he's all powerful. So if he says, I want you for the job, I know what you bring to the table and I want you. Just go ahead and believe that Jesus and God of the universe, all powerful and way smarter than us, knows what he's doing, okay? So um, he's going to be with us to the end of the age. That's, that's the key. We're not in this alone. We have the best boss ever. He's not just going to leave us high and dry and say, okay, go figure it out. On-the-job training, you know, <laughs> just with trial by error, you know, like he's with us until the end of the age. Um, and he's going to be with us until the job's done. It's so important that we, that we do our shift, while we're, which is our whole life. It's really important to God that we spend our whole life fulfilling our shift, even though it's a very small part of his overall plan. It's a significant shift. It's a significant shift. Okay, Acts 1, 4, 5, and 8. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, we're not alone. He's empowered us. He actually lives and works and moves in us through his Holy Spirit. No, so that's number two. The Holy Spirit equips and empowers us. So God told them to wait to receive the Holy Spirit, um, that they would be empowered, that they would be equipped to be their wit to be witnesses. Um, and so, look, kind of the, a way to think about that is, look, every every the best companies out there, they have the best on the job training, don't they? 
because um, they want to make sure that they have the best, qual highest quality, whatever. In the same way, God is with us on the job training. He's with us every step of the way. His Holy Spirit is there guiding us, living inside of us, telling us, move this way, move that way, don't do that. You know, um, he gives us the words to speak when we have the boldness to speak up. He gives us those words. Um, best on-the-job training ever because it's the best job ever, the best company ever. Um, he, uh, number three is I'm a co-worker with God. So the, another reason why this is the best job ever is because we're not just um, being left out, you know, go do this job and then we're, we have to do it with some really bad co-workers. Yes, we do co-labor with each other and people are people and so some of us um, are, you know, we, we make it a little difficult for others, but um, what's, what's really cool is that our boss works with us. He's a co-worker with us. Um, and so Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, see, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So even when Jesus was on the earth, you know, he was, he was doing the harvest. He was doing all those things. He was showing his disciples, and he was saying, look, everything that you're seeing me do, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to be empowered to go do the same thing that I'm doing right now. And guess whose harvest it is? Whose harvest does it say that it is? It's God's. It's his harvest. Right after that, in chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 12 apostles to do just that. Go into the harvest to do what they witnessed Jesus do. And it's God's harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the one harvesting. I'm just a worker in the field. I'm just a co-laborer, a co-worker with God. He's the one that's doing the hard work. Uh, listen to how Paul understood and explained it in 1 Corinthians 5. Um, what, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. And as the Lord has assigned to each his, his tasks, I planted the seeds, Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. We're nothing. But it's the one but only God who makes things grow. He's got the more important job here. He's doing the heavy lifting. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. It's not our harvest. It's not our field. Okay, we're in the field. We are the field. We are the building. We are planting seeds. We are watering seeds. God makes it grow. That's his job that only he can do. So we're co-workers in Christ, all Christians. If you are a born-again believer, you said yes to Jesus, you're following him, you are a co-worker in God's kingdom. And God has a small or big job for you. He does. Hope you figure that out. Uh, one of the best or worst parts of a job is your coworkers, isn't it? And so, looking around the room, we are all coworkers together. Let's make it, let's make it a little easy for, for us to work with. Okay, let's all do our part 
It's really not fun when you have a coworker that's lazy, right? When you have a coworker that's not pulling their weight, oh my goodness, it is not, it is not fun. So you might, you might have, you know that wherever you work, that's, that's a big make it or break it deal, right? Whoever you work with, if you work with good people that are pulling their weight and, and they're fun to be around and stuff like that, it's a lot of fun. You look forward to going to work. If you work with people that are lazy or crazy, have you ever worked with somebody that's crazy? Woo! Um, so lazy or crazy, if they're, um, you know, they could be mean or malicious, or they could be a lewd, crude, rude bag of pre-chewed food, dude, to quote the late, great Robin Williams. But the fact is, is that we have the best boss ever. We have the best boss, and he's our coworker. He's the best coworker ever. Here's the problem. Sometimes we don't act like it. Sometimes we don't act like we have the best boss ever, that we have the best job ever. Sometimes we don't act like he's actually co-working with us. Sometimes we actually ignore the Holy Spirit. Um, sad truth is that more than 90% of Christians will never lead somebody to Christ in their lifetime. That's crazy sad. Um, I think for some of us in the room here, we, we realize that it's our job. We've known that. We've heard that. Um, we know we should be doing, we, we say it to ourselves, I know I should be doing more. What happens? What happens? Laziness sets in. We, we don't have a good work ethic. Maybe, maybe we just, we have this idea of retirement creep in where we think, Somebody else is going to care about it. Let somebody else worry about it. Or maybe you've been taught wrong. Maybe you've, maybe you've been taught that that's, that's the church's job. That's the, like the people that work in the church's job. And you forgot that you are the church. It is the church's job, and you are the church. So maybe we've been taught wrong. Maybe we've been shown the wrong example. Um, <sighs> didn't Jesus tell them to wait for the Holy Spirit? Didn't? It's not like they just ran out right away and said, you know, I'm just going to go fall flat on my face. Jesus did tell them to wait for a little bit. So them to wait and said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you do, you will be equipped. You will know what to say. You will be empowered. When does that happen for us? When does that happen for us? It happens when we get baptized, right? That's exactly what... Look, look what happened here. Um, they were preaching to a crowd, and they asked Peter, Peter, what must we do to be saved? And Peter's probably mind is being blown right now. He's like, dude, everything that Jesus said would happen is happening. Like, we are being his witnesses. We're just telling people about their sins and telling them about the good news of, of Jesus Christ, and it's happening. Crowds of people are asking us, how do I get saved? And so this is what Jesus, or this is what Peter says, okay? Acts 2, 38 through 39, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There you go. And he knew it to be true in his own life. He said, look, he got baptized. He got forgiven for his sins. Jesus said, look, the Holy Spirit's going to indwell you and you're going to be empowered to go be my witnesses. And that's what, that's what Peter says is going to happen to you too. 
and several other scriptures said, look, you're, the Holy Spirit's going to live inside of you, and he's going he's to work through you, and he's going to guide you. So the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. If you're a baptized believer, you, you have a beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that you're saved, you know that the Holy Spirit is with you, you know that you've been called as a part of God's church, you've been called to do your part, to do your shift, you know that. Um, if you have never come to faith in Christ, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never repented, you've never been baptized, um, guess what? I want you to know, God wants you for the job. You just haven't applied yet. You just haven't, you haven't filled out that application. You haven't said yes to Jesus, but God, Jesus wants you. He wants you for the job. He wants you in his kingdom. Uh, for those that are Christians now, look, there's never been an excuse, but, but, but I hope today you realize even more, you're reminding yourself, oh yeah, I don't have an excuse. One day I'm going to answer for this. One day when I get to heaven, I'm going to answer for how I invested my time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer for how I invested my wealth. Did I use my wealth to gain friends so that I could preach the gospel to them and tell them about the hope that I have in eternity, the hope that I have in Jesus Christ? Did I do that? One day we're going to answer for that. There is no excuse. And I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you guys. So I think for, for us, for many Christians, I, I think we know we know it's our job. But we've been like kids, working really hard, working overtime to get out of work. We've been telling ourselves that we're not ready. We've been telling ourselves somebody else should do that. They're better at it than me. We've been like children, um, just trying to get out of as many things as we possibly can. Maybe we're scared. Maybe you think that your neighbor, if you talk to them about Jesus, they're going to think you're asking them to drink the Kool-Aid. Maybe you, maybe you think they're going to laugh at you. You know, Jesus was rejected a lot for us. He, and he told us, he told us that for sure you're going to get rejected. For sure if the world rejected him, you're going to get rejected. That's going to happen. But maybe we're scared. I don't I, you know, you have to answer for yourself the excuses that you've made. I, I can't answer for you. One day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to answer for myself the excuses that I made, the times that I did not invest my time wisely, the times I didn't do what he was asking me to do, the times I let retirement creep in and I, you know, just kind of fluffed off for a month. I'm going to answer for that. So... I think there's some people in the room too that you're, you're, maybe you have spent a good majority of your life doing stuff for the kingdom of God. Ministry, you've been, you've, you've gone to church, check mark. You know, woo, I thought that's what I was hired to do. Isn't that what God wanted me to do? I went to church, check mark. I brought my family to church, woo. They didn't brush their hair or their teeth, but I got them in the car and I got them here. Who else can do that but me, right? That's not what God hired. Yes, those are good things. Yes, you're supposed to do that, but that's, you know, if you thought that that's, I went to small group. 
I did this thing when the church said we were doing this thing. That's, those are all good. Come to the September 24th. We're having a, a thing, a shindig out here, out in the parking lot. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But don't, don't think like, oh, the church said we're doing this thing outside. So, you know, that's, my, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, yeah, come to that. But bring somebody. Um, but that, honestly, it's, it's more about every single day doing your job. Like, God, God hired you for a job that's way beyond these walls, way beyond just these check marks of, of doing what you th- think is a good Christian. Okay? So, um, don't let retirement sink in, the idea of retirement sink into the areas that it does not belong. God is actively trying to save people every day, 24-7, all the time. So even though this is Labor Day weekend, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you guys. Show up for work. Later today, tomorrow, you're going to be hanging out by the pool, doing something, whatever. Hopefully not working. But don't, don't think that that's, you know, just because you have a day off of your real job, that that means you have a day off of your job, your other job. The best job ever, right? That's your real job, and that never quits. God never quits with that, and so we don't quit. He never asks us to quit. He doesn't want us to quit. He wants us to fight the good fight, run our course, fight, fight for his kingdom every single day. So I want to challenge you. Start showing up for work. Uh, and here's a couple ways that you can do that. Number one, pray for the harvest. That's exactly what Jesus told us to do. Pray regularly for the people that you know, that you have connection with. Um, you know they're more than just knowing their name. You actually have a connection with them. Pray for them. Pray for the harvest. Ask them what you could be praying for. Um, talk, to, you know, talk to them. I'm going to give you a couple other ways that you can do this. But look, do you pray for people that don't know Christ? Do you pray for them? Do you pray for the harvest? Um, here's, a, here's a cool thing that you can do. Take out a piece of paper at home and write down as many names as you can think of people that you know that you're not sure if they know Jesus. You know, maybe you already know that they don't follow Jesus, but maybe you're not sure. Write down every single name of, of anybody you can think of, and then what you're going to do is you're going to whittle that down. You're going to make a commitment to five to ten of those names for the next three to twelve months. You're, I'm, I'm going to pray for them daily. I'm going to build relationship with them. I'm going to get to know them relationally. So, that, so number one, I'm going to pray for them daily. Um, number two, I'm going to get to know them relationally. I'm going to have conversation, real conversation with them. Hey, how's the family? How's your job? How's, you know, whatever. Ask the questions, but like build some relationship with them over the next three to 12 months. Um, text them. Get their number. Hey, can I text you, you know, uh, about that thing that we talked about? I just, I don't, I'm going to be praying for you. Is there anything else I can pray for you about? Ask them if you can pray for them, okay? Um, number three, tell them your story. Tell them the story of why you are a Christian. The Bible actually tells us we're supposed to be ready in season and out of season. Every single season, we're supposed to be ready to give an account to anybody who asks us of the hope that we have in Jesus. Okay? So uh, that's 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and and respect. So at some point, they're going to ask you, you know, probably they're going to ask you some questions or a conversation is going to come out of your relationship with them. And you're going to have an opportunity 
to tell them, well, here's why I follow Jesus. Here's the hope that I have in eternity, okay? So you're going to have that opportunity. And it doesn't say be ready every season to give an answer to every question under the sun about the Bible and about every aspect of it. It says be ready to give an answer of your hope in, in Jesus Christ. So hopefully you're ready to answer a few more questions than that, you know? Um, if you're actually reading your Bible, maybe you have some answers. But uh, the fourth thing is, is share the gospel. Share the gospel and invite them to follow Jesus. Okay, so always follow it up with an invitation to follow Jesus. They may laugh at you. They may reject you. They may say, they may, not, they may stop responding to your text messages or they may start avoiding you. Hey, that's, that's the cost. But guess what? The investment eternally, that you did your job. You can't save them. You cannot save them. But you, you can do your job. You can do your part. And so when you get to heaven, it would be a whole lot better than, well, I was kind of afraid to, to talk to them. I thought they would laugh at me. Because you don't know what else God is doing. That's the way that God's kingdom works. You don't know somebody else could be watering those seeds. They may laugh at you, but a year, a year from now, somebody may came, come water those seeds. God may, God may rescue them. They may become a Christ follower. And you can only answer for your job. You can only answer for your job. So at some point, sooner or later, share the gospel message with them. Share the four facts of life. This is really, really easy. If you're like sitting there thinking, Ben, how am I going to share the whole gospel with them? Are you talking about the all four books? What am I supposed to sit down and read four books of the gospels with them? I can't do that. And I can't explain what's all going on in those four gospels. Are you kidding me? No, share the, the God, when I say share the gospel with them, share the, the message, the gospels boil down to really four things that you can say. Number one, God loves you. God loves you. God created you. God loves you, okay? Number two, sin separates us from God. And look, we have these printed out all throughout the building. You can actually grab one, stick it in your wallet, whatever. Grab a couple of those. Number three, Jesus offers a right relationship with God. And number four, you must follow Jesus. You must follow Jesus. So, so, so follow that up, sharing the gospel, follow it up with an invitation, no matter what the cost. Big idea, God has hired and empowered us for the best job ever. You can do this. You can do this. Hear Jesus, the one who hired you, telling you, you can do this, you can do this. But more importantly, he's actually commanded us to do it. It's the Great Commission. We've been commanded to do it. So we have no excuse. Uh, we've been hired to do it. We've been empowered to do it. Got a question for you. I'm going to challenge you guys, and I'm challenging myself too. Are you going to show up to work this week? Are you going to show up to work? Let's, let's get some of that work going, man. Let's, let's, let's get the grind going. This is the best job ever, so it takes some work. It takes some work. It's called the work of the ministry for a reason, okay? Take some work, and let's get after it. Um, look, if you are making a decision today, you want to say yes to Jesus, um, I'm going to have some friends up here you can talk to or out in the hallway you can find me. Um, also, you could do this. You could text your name to 734-304-7248, and we'd, be, we'd love to connect with you and ask you about your decision, um, whatever decision you're making, or answer any questions that you have. Um, let me pray for us, and then um, we can respond and sing another song. And have a great rest of our 
a holiday weekend. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for bringing us all together this weekend. I love these people here in this room. Um, I know that you love them, and I know that, um, <clears throat> that you love them more than I possibly ever could, which is why you, in all of your wisdom, have um, predestined and you have foreseen that the best thing for us um, would be to, to uh, be focused on the thing that is most important to you. Um, you, have all, you have hired all of us to be a part of your kingdom and to do a small yet significant job in your kingdom. And so God, I pray that you're awakening hearts in this room today, that you're awakening minds um, to be mindful of, of what you have called, them, called us to do and hearts awaken to um, all that you have for us and why it's so much better. It's so much better um, to, be, to be focused on your kingdom, to seek your kingdom first, seek your righteousness and not have to worry about all the other things. Not wor be worried about some retirement portfolio, some saving up enough wealth to make sure that we have what all the things that we need for when we retire, to not have to focus about clothing, not have to focus about where's my next meal coming from. But you simply say that you're gonna take care of us. You're gonna take care of us um, if, we just, if we just spend our days focused on your kingdom and focus on you, focus on your righteousness, doing whatever pleases you, and that's it. And that's it, God, would you show us today how awesome, how much more awesome that is than anything else we could possibly spend our time on this earth doing. Help us to see that our life is so short. It's like a blade of grass. It's going to be gone so fast. And help us to see the internal reward of investing our life in your kingdom. God, would you do that? Would you do what only you can do and grow some seeds in this room today? Grow our, um, our tents, expand our tents, expand our territory. God, we, we're trying to reach downriver for you. God, help us. Show us the people to talk to. Help us with our connections to, to do our job and to reach people and plant seeds. In Jesus' name, amen.